The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Right now, however, we're talking to John Zadick, Ward 3 Counselor for the City of Edmonton, and taking your questions, complaints, and compliments uh, on our text line at 630-630. All right, John, let's get right back at it again. Uh, before I do, let me ask one from my own uh, perspective. The last yep. time, or, or the time before we had you on the show, the topic of the day was smoking uh, bylaws, and I know that uh, you had some concerns about... Uh, but what was being proposed now in hindsight how do you feel that's going or how do you feel it was settled well i'm looking forward to the consultation coming back what i know is people that just smoke tobacco have been caught up in the cannabis laws and many places such as on white avenue and jasper avenue in our entertainment districts you have to walk pretty far to find a place to have a cigarette this is concerning to the the bars and restaurants because their patrons have to go so many hundreds of meters away to find a, a zone that's within away from 10 meters from their door and it can't be next to another 10 meter door so ultimately it's pretty isolated where you can smoke and then you might have been a patron at one business and then you might just end up going to a different place because you've walked half the way down the avenue yeah you know what i find john and again it's anecdotal and i have no research to back this up but i am a smoker so i've done my own research what I have found, the result being, is basically more people are breaking a bylaw. But that's going to happen for only a period of time. This is the grace period, and we're, quote-unquote, trying to educate people. So bylaw enforcement, if they haven't approached you, if you've been breaking the law, and I wouldn't blame you if you... Uh, <laughs> I know smoking is uh, addictive, so if, if they've approached you and said you're not smoking far enough away, they're giving you warnings right now. I'm concerned with when it's going to be tickets. Tickets to people, tickets to tourists, over $100. I'm not sure what the, the ticket uh, fine amount is, but I think it's around 150 for just having a cigarette somewhere where you've always had a cigarette, which is far away from clean air intakes and far away from the front door of the building. You know, 10 meters is over 30 feet. Yeah. So well, Trust me, the, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You notice I didn't ask you if you're complying with it. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's not uh, confess to anything on. I, I just find, you know, like, I, I don't really go to bars and restaurants. I, like, I get that that's a big concern, and I'm, I'm concerned as well. That's Andrew, not, just before you go on, yeah. one thing I would say is, yeah, you might not go to many bars, but we make so many initiatives to try and attract young people, young professionals yes. to Edmonton. Look at the bike lanes, which I have serious concerns uh, around. But we do a lot of this because we say it's going to attract young people. Well, what do young people and young professionals also want? They want decent nightlife yep. districts. Yep. And in Edmonton, it's isolated really to two areas. And if you make those two areas not conducive to smokers, and I'll tell you what, a lot of people smoke when they're drinking. So it's not just... So this impacts more people than... Uh, than you would observe outside of a, a mall having a cigarette. Yeah, so, exactly. Well, it would impact the people who don't bother going, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here's an interesting one, John. I can't wait to see what the answer to this is. <laughs> okay. Again, it's not in my uh, life, but I know it's in the lives of a lot of Edmontonians. This came on our text line. Why is it that the city has put brand new heaters in the arenas, but they are never turned on? The rinks are freezing. When asking the rink attendant to turn the heat on, we're told the heat is controlled through some automated control downtown somewhere. Parents are paying good money for the ice time, and yet they have to sit in arenas for hours, freezing their butts off. Yeah, so that's great information to have. First, I would respond by saying uh, I was holding community office hours the other day, 
and uh, which I do regularly where people can meet with me on the north side and we don't have to go downtown. Someone mentioned why have the lights not been turned on outside of the Castle Downs outdoor arena mm. all winter. And then I said, oh, must be human error. Like, thanks for bringing this to my attention. So immediately we made the inquiries, and then, uh, to my understanding, the lights are now flicked on at night. Of course, it gets dark so early in Edmonton. So that was important. It's human error. People didn't realize that they weren't on. So the situation you described is a bit different in that some on-site manager said they can't do anything about it. So what I would say is if this, the texter can contact my office, I'll make sure that there's heat. If we've installed the infrastructure for the heat, and if they're working, I mean, sometimes machines go out of commission for a while or need routine maintenance, but I'll absolutely make sure that the heaters are on the arenas. One thing, hockey is so expensive to begin with, and when you're there, for those watching their kids play, we want to make it as comfortable as possible. So that means having concession stands and, more importantly, heat. You know, John, I, there's no way for you to answer this. There's only one way for you to answer this, but... <laughs> okay, try me. Yeah, but... When you ran for councillor, did you think you were going to build a new city or help build a new city or take us into the next, uh, you know, century? Uh, or did you think you'd be dealing with turning on lights at a skating rink and getting the heaters working? Well, some of those <clears throat> examples you just provided might sound a bit mundane, but the results are immediate. So as a city councillor, I'm proud of achieving minor results that are immediate and have big-time impact to those affected. I like the medium-term projects, such as providing, say, tax relief and being a bit more responsible with our, with our funding. And then I like some of the long-term solutions we go for, such as some of the affordable housing initiatives that we've made during this past budget deliberation, which I voted in favor of. So there's a real gambit of issues there, and really it's about just connecting Edmontonians with their government and I ran on a platform of listening and providing common sense and I think I've lived up to that so you know while turning on lights and heaters might not be the most glamorous part of the job if it provides immediate relief to someone that entrusted someone like myself to be their voice at City Hall then I'm quite happy to flick that switch uh, metaphorically. You know, it's funny, Brian. I was going to say Brian, but I was going to talk about Brian Anderson for a oh, second. Yeah. Um, it's funny, John, because I think those mundane issues, and maybe I worded the question incorrectly, are the more, most important. Mm -hmm. Because some of those others, like building new bridges or extending LRTs or, uh, you know, big picture items, don't affect the average. I mean, they ultimately affect them in a, in a big picture manner. But when you're sitting there really cold in a rink that you paid the ice time for and you know there's brand new heaters there, that is actually the kind of problem that, like you just said, has the most direct and immediate impact where you feel as though the city's actually listening to you. Like, I was going to use Brian Anderson as an example because I phoned his office long before I knew him um, because my, my mother-in-law got snowed in. Uh, the city came by and, and snowed in her driveway, and I just asked, what do you do about that? Like, I, I'm at work. Um, I can't get over there, and she's, you know, in, <laughs> she's in her 70s or 80s. She can't do it. And, and Brian just made a call, and somebody went and cleared her driveway. And you're like, that's, that's great. Like, that's yeah. exactly what I want from my counselor. You know, help me with the problems I have today. And one thing, when I was campaigning, <clears throat> excuse me, I was talking a lot about fixing potholes and cracked sidewalks, and some people were saying, oh, that's just, you know, too pedestrian. That's just, you know, there's bigger issues to deal with. 
But I was always saying, well, if the city's not taking care of their own property, if, if we're letting our property, our roads, and our parks fall into disrepair, well, how do we expect private landowners to take pride in their own property and improve their property in a way that will have an impact across the whole community? So we got to, whether it's a pothole or a light that should be on and it's flicked off, we got to make those changes. Notwithstanding, that's low-hanging fruit for criticism. If it's, it, I'm doing what I can to fight back against the idea that the city government's incompetent, because I don't think it is. But if there's an example where a heater is not turned on and it's the winter and people are watching, they're shivering while they're watching their kids play hockey, that's inexcusable. So, well, I would say that in most cases we probably have it right. There is human error, and the more information that we have, so that's why I always encourage people to email me, phone me, or, or message me in some manner, because then we can take care of this. And, and sometimes it has to be escalated to the political level if the on-site manager can, for whatever reason, make those changes. Sounds good, John. We've got to take uh, one more quick break here, sell a couple of cars or something, and then uh, I've got, uh, we'll have to do a rapid round because the texts are just going crazy here. So I'll, I'll hit you with a bunch right in a row. All right. Perfect. All right, we're almost out of, uh, out of time with uh, Ward 3 Councillor John Zadok, and the text line, as I knew it would, has heated up. It's always, people listen to other people's questions, John, and then they get thinking about their own <laughs> questions. So we have about two, eight minutes together, so let's try and nail some of these. Um, this one just came in, but uh, it's pretty specific. Why are the right turn lanes not finished northbound on 149th and 142nd Street at 111th Avenue? Okay, well, I'm not sure of the, the context there. That's not in my ward. But obviously, this person is texting because there must be some level of frustration, and they are probably promised or, or led to believe that the construction would be complete by now. I don't know the specifics. I really have my ear to the ground in Ward 3, but I would just say contact your counselor and be patient. And um, and also, the city's website has a lot of information on well, it. Well, you know what, John? And, and I'm not specifically, yeah. you know, I don't know specifically those intersections either, although that's <clears throat> sort of out my way. Um, but I do know that I've seen lots of intersections where there is a left turn signal light installed, but it's not activated. So are those installed with the idea that when traffic warrants it, that, you know, that they'll start working? or Yeah, there's a few different things happening in instances like that sometimes they're they're turned on just on certain days or at certain times of day but if these are installed and you've never seen them on it might be that it was cheaper to install them when the regular installation of the light standard was going up and the the all the traffic controls and then they'll be triggered once traffic volumes reach a certain peak which our traffic engineers monitor well which you know should be applauded honestly because that's a complaint about the city that they you know they construct a curb and come back and destroy the curb a month later (laughs) so that's good like you're planning for the future right that makes sense Uh, how about this one they say if you see a used needle on the street you can call 311 Uh, but i live in macaulay and the neighborhood is littered with dirty needles Mm -hmm. so what do i do so there's a lot of issues in Macaulay, which is unfortunate. <clears throat> I'm glad to support some of that affordable housing that I was talking about. Uh, there's mental health issues, all that. But, but the real issue is that needle. And someone that's chosen to live there, either they want to be close to the core for whatever reason, or, you know, is the well, I won't speculate as to why they're living there, but there's an expectation that there's not going to be used needles, which are biohazardous um, around them. I think the, the phone number 211 can also work. I... 
I mean, I really don't have any advice other than to say don't touch the needle, but if 311 is not working, contact your city councillor or contact someone else at the City of Edmonton or phone 211. Okay. Uh, this one, there, is there a guarantee yet that Clark Stadium will remain a primary football facility, uh, that city tax dollars will not go to support a professional soccer team? Well, so the question was, is there a guarantee? No, there's not a guarantee. I mean, we... We're strategic with what we invest in, and I'm. There's some things that we would not be able to achieve as a city if there wasn't some municipal investment, and that's one of the reasons why municipal government exists. Now, we shouldn't be subsidizing a, a for-profit team, but quite frankly, FC Edmonton is not making much money, if any money. So, if there's any type of arrangement that's going to be contemplated, and this budget did speak to some assistance, but that's being there's, we're, we're, we we want to have a proper arena, sorry, a facility so that they can compete at the standard that's expected. I think it will be great for Edmonton Pride to to have the team competing in a proper facility. There's still a lot of questions in the air, and ultimately, just to so that I don't seem too ambiguous with this, I'm happy to say that there should be some strategic municipal spending on soccer and on other sports in order, if if there's a business case that we can recoup some of that money through ticket sales and if it's going to overall increase the pride in Edmonton. All right. Uh, why not follow? Uh, this texture wants to know, and he's uh, cycling back to our conversation about buses and the neighborhood that doesn't have them yet. Uh, why not follow the bus on demand system they instituted in Belleville, Ontario, to support transportation requirements in new developments? Yeah, and that's a good suggestion. And actually, the president of the local u- transit union has uh, contacted all the city council with examples of, of how that works in Belleville and there's in Austin, Texas. And I'm quite supportive of those options. <clears throat> and for your viewers that don't fully understand, or listeners that don't fully understand what that is, it's you would dial a bus and a, a bus would be deployed uh, to come pick you up. And this, of course, would be happening during off-peak time. So say on a Sunday morning, and instead of the expense of a full bus running a route, only picking one or two people, that one or two persons could phone and say, hey, I'm ready for a pickup, and then a bus would be dispatched. That's an example of being creative with our resources, and it's also good service delivery. Nice. Uh, I don't know that this is true, and I, I but I don't want to ignore it. Um, when is the city going to commission an inquiry into the epidemic of useless middle managers being paid $25,000 over the private sector? Well, yeah, that's a interesting question so um one of our unions just did release a report where they they claim that we have too much middle management and i believe it because it's consistent with some of the findings that council had so first of all we don't do inquiries but we'll look into it and there's some serious questions to ask and i think that if we find redundancies there could be an opportunity for cost savings which ultimately means that we could probably bring a tax rate a bit lower than it is proposed. Although, as your listeners know, I wanted the tax rate to be around 0%. But as a serious question, we have to look at the services we're providing, the use of technology and how we can do things more efficiently, and how we can reallocate existing human resources to different business items within the city of Edmonton. So we could have a situation where, I, I wouldn't say that people are net losing their jobs, but where people 
actually are reallocated and through attrition when people retire we just don't hire more people all right and john it, uh sorry yeah. to interrupt no, no, go ahead almost out of time and i want to make sure uh these are more comments than anything because i did say questions complaints <clears throat> comments and compliments okay so here's some comments for you and uh hopefully uh as this one says hope uh, john has his pen and notepad uh, my, okay, my suggestion, what's the deal with yield signs on the Henday? If you're going to try and yield instead of merge, good luck. Uh, got to extend those lanes and put a merge sign. Uh, this comment, why do they continue to allow lot splitting? I think it's ruining neighborhoods because they are hideous structures. Okay. And uh, this suggestion, uh, when is the city going to stop installing bus stops at the intersections? Those buses block traffic when the lights turn green. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, first, so I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't think you wanted me to respond to them, but no. with the bus stop, Quinn, I will just say that if the bus stops are on the other side of the intersections, then you would go through the intersection before the bus stops, and then it would be an easy fix, and then you wouldn't have a bus stopped at a green light while cars are behind it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, John, I said compliments as well, and another one's come in for you before I let you go. John gets things done. Uh, he helped to get my badly deteriorating sidewalk replaced, and for that, I thank you again and again. So there you go. John, that hour went by quickly, as it, it always did. does. Uh, and as always, I know you've answered all of our questions. Appreciate that, and I heard you turning the page of your notebook, so I know you were writing things down <laughs> as well. Absolutely. As we said last time, I'll say it again this time, always a pleasure to have you. We need to do this again on a regular basis. I'm happy to do so. Thanks, Andrew, and thanks to all your listeners. Perfect. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. You are now off duty. Okay. Bye. <laughs> the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.